This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, December 2nd, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. The START Treaty is generating lots of heat on Capitol Hill, but the rhetoric surrounding it on both sides may well be overheated. Ben Friedman, Research Fellow in Defense and Homeland Security Studies at the Cato Institute, says both proponents and opponents are overselling the costs and benefits of the treaty. In the end, Friedman argues the fight may end up preventing real cuts to our costly nuclear arsenal. You can read more in Friedman's co-authored report, Budgetary Savings from Military Restraint, available at Cato.org. The White House is at the moment trying to get the Senate to move the new Strategic Arms Reduction Treaty, the new START Treaty, and they're trying to get the Senate to do that in the lame duck session uh, because they're going to have trouble getting Republican votes and there's going to be more Republican votes or more Republicans next year. Uh, and they're, they're putting on a full court press to get it through and they're trying to buy Republican votes basically. John Kyle has taken the lead for the Republicans on the issue and is basically saying you got to put a bunch more money into modernizing uh, our nuclear weapons facilities in exchange for our votes on the treaty. And the White House has come out with a bunch of promises about – spending increases on that. They're going to spend 15% extra on that, uh, on uh, nuclear infrastructure modernization, up to $85 billion over the next 10 years, they say, to get the treaty through. And right now, it's unclear whether or not they'll have the votes for it this session, or if it will get to the floor at all. Barney Frank, when he was here, uh, generally supportive of uh, cuts in military spending, said, hey, I want to see the START treaty ratified, but I don't think it's worth $65 billion referring presumably to uh, that modernization. Yeah, yeah. When Barney was here the other day at, at our defense policy forum, he said that. I think his math was a little off, but uh, he meant to say, geez, uh, I'm for the treaty, but I'm not for it at that price. And uh, the, the price is, is not really $65 billion, It's more like 12 or $15 billion, which is the additional sum on top of the planned spending that the Obama administration is promising. But I, I agree with him. I think the treaty as it stood alone, was not nearly as important as the Obama administration said it was, but was a small or uh, net gain for the American people in terms of security. But uh, with with that big payment involved, I don't really think it's worthwhile anymore. Why? Well, um, th- there's a bunch of arguments that people make in favor of the treaty uh, to, to say why this is essential to American security. And I basically think, not that they're all wrong, uh, but that they're but that they're overstated, uh, and really uh, the consequences are far less than we generally hear. And I'll just say first that the objections of, of the people who are against it uh, are even worse. The Republicans who aren't going to vote for START are doing it basically because of missile defense. The the START treaty, the new START treaty, mentions in a kind of empty way a linkage between missile defense and and, uh, and uh, arms reductions, in other words, offense and defense, as the treaty puts it in. But the, the language that mentions it doesn't mean anything. It's sort of a throwaway line in the preamble, which is a sop to the Russians to make them feel better about missile defense. But it really doesn't restrict the United States at all in terms of missile defense. And I don't think there's any reasonable reading of the treaty uh, that would uh, allow us to think that that's the case. So uh, th- it's really sort of a smokescreen. Uh, that the people who are against the treaty are putting up, and really, there's there's two religions in the United States that that uh, come up with arms control, and and their most debates are dominated by these true two religions. The one is that says uh, arms con- control treaties are almost always bad, particularly when they're negotiated by a Democratic president. 
uh, and uh, there's a sort of reflexive uh, anti-treaty mentality. And then on the, on the left, there's this idea that is, if you sign some piece of paper with the Russians, it's automatically a good thing. And my position is, geez, it just doesn't matter that much either way. Um, so looking at what people say the benefits of the treaty are, well, they say we're going to get rid of a lot of uh, of our nuclear weapons infrastructure. We're going to cut the number of delivery vehicles and warheads, and that's not so. The treaty has funny counting rules. Bombers, the uh, uh, bombs associated with bomber aircraft count as one. In other words, one bomber aircraft and all the nukes, which can be up to like 20, that it's uh, that it's it's going to carry uh, count as one warhead under the counting rules. So uh, once you factor that in, the treaty actually doesn't require the United States to get rid of warheads. It does require us to get rid of uh, some delivery vehicles, and we're going to make a minor trim in the amount of uh, submarine-launched ballistic missiles that each of our boomer nuclear submarines carry from 24 to 20. Uh, We're going to get rid of 30 out of 450 ICBMs, and we're going to change a couple bombers uh, from a uh, nuclear weapons delivery role to a conventional role. But in the grand scheme of things, it's a very small change. Our force structure is going to be quite similar to what we had uh, throughout the 90s. So it's, it's really not a reduction. And so the other thing that, that uh, boosters of, of the treaty say is, well, we need to do this treaty because uh, it shows that we're actually committed uh, to the uh, NPT, to the Nuclear Nonproliferation Treaty, uh, which says that we're going to work towards the ultimate elimination of uh, nuclear weapons. And uh, we're not because we're not really getting rid of any weapons here. Uh, it seems kind of absurd to say then that this is going to convince other nations that we're committed to doing so and that therefore it will convince them not to go out and and get nukes themselves, which, by the way, they probably do for their own political reasons that have nothing to do with what the United States does. So that whole thing uh, is is overwrought, in my opinion. Then there's the idea that this is going to induce the Russians to be more cooperative with the United States. That's another benefit of the treaty. And uh, what I say is no – well, the – Sure, the Russians have been a little more cooperative of late in terms of the U.S. nonproliferation agenda. They voted for sanctions in the U.N. to uh, punish Iran for its nuclear weapons program, and uh, they have uh, agreed not to sell Iran some uh, more sophisticated air defense system that uh, the Iranians wanted to defend themselves against preemptive attacks on their nuclear weapons program. Um, and those things are true, but on the other hand, uh, sanctions programs, uh, sanctions regimes don't really stop weapons programs very often, and uh, a agreement not to sell Iranian, or the Iranians something that they were going to use to defend themselves is only good if you think that bombing them is going to be a good idea at some point, and I don't. Uh, I don't think uh, bombing them is a good idea, and I also think that if we or the Israelis did bomb them, it would only slow their program down a little. So long story short, Russian cooperation on the on these issues, helpful but not that important. The other benefit that people claim for the treaty is that it's going to make it uh, – it's going to provide us intelligence on the Russian uh, weapons programs and the Russian missiles, uh, their disposition and their security. In the Cold War, it was the case that we wanted to have a look at Russian missiles, Russian ICBMs, so that we could be sure that they weren't preparing a first strike on us. Cold War is over. That's not really a valid concern anymore. So the real benefit there is the security of the weapons. We're worried about maybe fissile materials getting into terrorist hands. And I think that that's a, it's a valid uh, claim. There is some benefit there. But again, it's overstated because in most cases, uh, the materials in question are not in the facilities that are going to be inspected 
under the requirements of the treaty. So there's a small benefit there in terms of in terms of uh, security. So when I look at the treaty, I see a small benefit, a not particularly important one in terms of weapon security, and a small benefit in terms of Russian cooperation. Uh, so that's a good thing, but it's not nearly as good as the White House says. And then on the other hand, we have to buy off uh, the Republicans to get to get the votes needed for the treaty, and that's going to be a big new burden on taxpayers. So I just don't think it's as big a deal as people say. When we think about nuclear weapons, we have to think about ultimately what they are for, and they are for keeping people from hitting us with nuclear weapons. That and maybe deterring people from other sorts of acts of aggression that we think would endanger our security. So uh, to me, our nuclear arsenal is for deterrence. The Cold War is over. We have way more deterrence than we need against any conceivable enemy from the triad that we have uh, with submarine-launched ballistic missiles, ICBMs, and bombers. So we could cut back significantly on that force uh, without endangering our security, without undermining deterrence, and save a ton of money for taxpayers. And we don't need the Russians' permission to do that. To me, the problem with this treaty is it distracts people's attention from this fact. People think that we're cutting the size of the force, so we're not. It's a, it's kind of a phony reduction. It's, I'm worried it's going to take the replace of real reduction. So I say, let's go down to a dyad or even a monad, if that's a word, uh, just uh, submarines uh, out at sea. Uh, that's plenty of deterrence. They're pretty much... Uh, they're very hard to find, at least uh, all of them at a time. And uh, if we have that, we'd be fine, and we'd certainly be fine with that and ICBMs. We could save a lot of money if we get rid of the bomber part of, of the force uh, or if we reduce the, the uh, number of ICBMs we're managing every year. And uh, treaties, I don't think, have much to do with that one way or the other. Ben Friedman is a research fellow in Defense and Homeland Security Studies at the Cato Institute. You can read more in Friedman's co-authored report, Budgetary Savings from Military Restraint, available at Cato.org.